Hi, it's Nahani Rouse, here with another episode of Can We Talk? First, a word from our sponsor, the University of San Francisco's SWIG Program in Jewish Studies and Social Justice. The JSSJ Graduate Level Certificate Program in JEDI, Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion, is more than an educational program. It's a call to action to improve the future of every Jewish institution. Classes offer supportive learning that helps students navigate an evolving and challenging Jewish community landscape, providing invaluable skills, tools, and resources. Learn more and apply by January 12th for spring classes at usfca.edu slash jedi. Welcome back to Can We Talk, the podcast of the Jewish Women's Archive where gender, history, and Jewish culture meet. Israel has been at war with Hamas for nearly a month. The human toll is devastating for everyone. But when it comes to who's making decisions about the course of the war and who's being sent to fight it, it's almost all men. Men are the vast majority of soldiers on the front lines. Men fill Netanyahu's war cabinet and governing coalition. But Israeli women are on the front lines of a major grassroots mobilization to provide emergency relief to a country in crisis. We are managing and leading our community. Um, You have women that are now in touch with every part of the authorities in their own city. (laughs) And they are the one connecting between all the dots. Volunteers of all ages and genders are organizing clothing, food, and housing for tens of thousands of Israelis who have been displaced from their homes in the north and south of the country. Students are working with kids whose schools have been shut down. High-tech programmers are building apps to connect people for ride-sharing, homestays, food delivery, and babysitting. Therapists are traveling to meet with traumatized children, some of whom witnessed family members being murdered on October 7th. Many of these efforts have emerged from networks that originally formed to protest the Netanyahu government's proposed judicial reforms. Now they've shifted gears to respond to the current crisis in Israel. One of these organizations is Bonot Alternativa, or Building an Alternative. It's a feminist organization that played a major role in the protests. Last spring, we spoke to one of the organization's founders. This week, I talked with Bonot's field operation manager, Lee Hoffman-Agiv. Since October 7th, she has stepped away from her business in the wine industry and is spending all of her time as an activist. Can you describe what it's been like for you personally, um, starting with October 7th and then, and then on? What has been the effect on you and your family? On October 6th, my daughters spent the night with my mother-in-law. So when my girls are not with us, then uh, we tend to sleep late. And that's what happened on that Saturday. Uh, We woke up at nine. We didn't hear anything. Uh, We didn't feel anything. I woke up at nine and I had over 1,000 WhatsApp messages and unanswered calls. And I said, okay, that's not normal for a Saturday. And I just, I didn't need to read that much to understand that something very bad is going on. Um, I woke up at nine and at 9.30, I was already in a Zoom meeting 
um, talking about what are we going to do now. With Bonot activists? Yeah, first with Bonot, and then we started working with uh, all the other organizations. But um, I had to manage my family, obviously no school, and I have two young daughters that needed her parents to be, they needed their parents to be strong and um, we were all in shock and very traumatized. Um, on Monday, I was already uh, at a funeral of uh, um, my friend's son that was a soldier. And on Thursday, I, w- I was already at a funeral of um, a brother of one of my uh, colleagues in the protest. She was one of the leaders of the... Um, high-tech protest and uh, her brother uh, was killed in one of the um, uh, combats. So very, very quickly I found myself grieving and at the same time managing this crazy situation and handling um, very difficult uh, things that normally I wouldn't handle. I mean, um, I'm not uh, educated in, on those subjects. What are some of the things that you suddenly found yourself doing with Bonot? For example, um, dealing with uh, families of the murdered. Um, going to the funerals, going to the Shiva, talking to them, making sure they have everything. I'm not a social worker, I'm not a psychologist, and I'm not a logistics center manager. And I found myself dealing with so many things and operating on so many situations that um, I was doing what I had to do because I knew that I'm able to, while crying and saying, I cannot believe that I'm doing this. So it was a very uh, difficult situation for everyone. We were working while crying. You could walk around the war room and see people hugging and crying and then wiping the tears and and continuing uh, doing whatever they need to do. Yeah. So can you describe how the movement was able to pivot um, and what you suddenly found yourself involved in? Yeah, so Bonot Alternativa is an organization that is uh, built from many communities. Um, During the protest, we uh, found ourselves um, creating communities everywhere in Israel, from the Golan Heights in the north and all the way down to the south in Elat. Um, So since we are divided to communities, we we are able to... um, to transform those communities from protest communities into um, communities that act in emergency situations. So we first thing we did is we um, changed the appearance of all of our uh, WhatsApp groups, of our website, and everything changed immediately so that if someone needs help, they will feel comfortable to approach us no matter what their political views are. Hmm. Um, So from Bonot Alternativa, we change everything to a Bonot in emergency. We say Bonot Becherum, Cherum is emergency. 
Um, and we uh, started a war room uh, that helps um, many, many types of, um, of uh, calls for help, for all kinds, all sorts of help. So you don't need to ship something from one side of the country to the other side of the country. If I get a call in the call center and this call is uh, meant for a family that is in, the, in Herzliya, for example, um, I can take care of it inside Herzliya and I can connect the family that needs help to our community. So it's not only, oh, they need food. Go hug them, see if they need anything else, see if we can help with anything else. So this is food, temporary housing. A lot of connecting people too, for example, for um, uh, aid, you know, if someone needs uh, mental health uh, help. Uh, so we were able to connect them. If they needed help with the authorities, we have numbers of all the um, uh Uh, social workers and welfare in all the cities. Um, if someone needed uh, housing or diapers or even, uh, for example, uh, evacuees in um, the Dead Sea, they, they, they were evacuated from uh, Ofakim, which is a city that had many killings. Uh, there was a slaughter there. And so they were evacuated to the Dead Sea And uh, the city didn't pay the hotel. Mm. So the psychologist called us and said the hotel wants to evacuate them. So we said, okay, we need to help them. So we donated money. And you have like, we are working not only in the field, we are also working with all of the women's organizations uh, to collect all the rape testimonials, um, Uh, it's crazy. It's like there is so so many uh, uh, areas that are affected. Do you feel like you're filling a role that the government should be but can't or won't or what's going on? Why, why is this necessary? I think that first of all, everyone needs to understand this is a crazy situation israel is a country very accustomed to trauma unfortunately but never in the history of israel in one day did we have to manage this amount of casualties and injured and 200 over 200 people kidnapped i mean we're talking about i don't know 6,000 families that are directly affected So that's a um, crazy situation. And we knew that since we are um, organizations that have a lot of, uh, like our networks are spread everywhere in Israel and, and we have uh, connections everywhere in the world. We knew that we are able to act very quickly and to do many, many things and to help to raise money and to buy equipment and to um, get to all of those families that need help in the community and not wait for the government, okay? So we will lead the women um, to help, to assist, but we also have issues in this current situation that need to be taken care of, and I don't think that we will be silent for, 
for long, you know? What are you referring to? For example, no women in the uh, making decision table, okay? You don't have any, any women in the cabinet. Um, you don't have uh, women in the professional committees. And we know now that it's essential for women to be inside the room and to have a seat at the table because those decisions are affecting mainly women and children. Mm-hmm. Women stayed, most of the women um, stayed at home with the kids. They cannot go to work, so they might lose their job. And it's almost a month now. Can you talk about the importance of women's leadership right now? Yeah. Um, it's very clear that women are missing in those decision-making tables. You can see it in the way that we are managing and leading our community. Um, You have women that are now in touch with every part of the authorities in their own city, (laughs) and they are the one connecting between all the dots. Um, and if we can do it municipally, if we can do it in the local uh, towns and cities, we for sure can do it in a national um, situation. How many women do you think are involved right now uh, volunteering with Bonot? In Bonot Alternativa, we have over 100,000 women. Um, they are in our WhatsApp groups, they are in our um, uh, social media, and they are very, very responsive. And they are reading uh, what we're sending in the newsletter, and they're responding. It's amazing to see. Um, and we have, uh, we know that even not in Bonot Alternativa, you have women everywhere doing most of the work, even physical work, even volunteering in the agricultural um, uh, fields uh, helping the farmers because there's no one to do it because the men have been called to reserves exactly yeah so wherever you go you will see m- mainly women mm. what do you think is the effect of the war in the longer term on the pro-democracy movement I believe it uh, it will change its face um, it's very clear that this government um, has no future and that Bibi Netanyahu cannot stay. I think that the debate is about the timing. Some people think that um, they should resign now. Some people think that it's irresponsible and that they need to resign at the end of the war. But no one knows uh, what is the sign to end the war. And uh, while we're talking, we still have almost 240 uh, kids, babies, women, men, soldiers, elderly, sick people that are kidnapped to Gaza. Mm-hmm. And what do you hope comes next? Hmm. That's an interesting question. Um, I had a conversation uh, with a friend of mine. She's from uh, one of the kibbutzes that was mainly affected. And she said that she's taking it every day by by day, you know. Um, but I, I don't have the option to not look forward and think strategy. Um, I hope, first, I hope that we will see more women uh, leading the situation. 
I hope that uh, this government will finish uh, its job uh, quickly and that we will be able to replace them. Um, I hope that there will be no more casualties, no more um, killing, and I am praying for the return of our children and families and friends. Um, bring them home. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to talk. Thank you for caring and wanting to hear about it. That was Lee Hoffman Agiv, the field operations manager of Bonot Alternativa, one of the organizations coordinating relief and recovery for Israelis affected by the October 7th attacks. If you're interested in making a donation to recovery efforts in Israel through Bonot Alternativa, visit bonot.org aid. That's B-O-N-O-T dot org slash A-I-D. Thank you for joining us for Can We Talk, the podcast of the Jewish Women's Archive. Our team includes Jen Richler and Judith Rosenbaum. Our theme music is by Girls in Trouble. Find us online at jwa.org slash canwetalk or anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm Nahani Rouse. Until next time.